Some of you may already be aware of this. Some of you probably don't care. But uh, this past year, after 20 years of being a New Yorker, uh, my wife and I, along with our son, moved out of the city and moved to the New Jersey suburbs. Now, we're close enough. We're just about 30 minutes outside of New York City. Uh, but it feels like a world away. And uh, and it's been a, a big change for all of us. Uh, it's been good uh, in many respects. But um, one of the biggest uh, changes has come for my son. My son is now seven. And... Uh, uh, and his whole world has been upended because uh, uh, for him, that was his childhood home. It's the only home he's ever known was our little apartment in Brooklyn. Uh, and now we got a house. Now we got, uh, you know, a driveway. Now we've got a front yard and a backyard. And one of the things he really wanted uh, when we moved to the, the suburbs was to open a lemonade stand. He made me promise that we could do it. And if anybody uh, lives here in the Northeast, you know that this has a, been a very good summer to run a lemonade stand because it has been brutally hot, miserably humid. Uh, so what I want to do is uh, talk to you about the experience uh, that I had uh, coaching my son through his very first lemonade stand. And I promise you there are lessons that, uh, that have direct applications to what you do in the restaurant industry. And I think you'll see that uh, what I did with my son is just a microcosm of what we do, of what all of you do on a much larger scale. But I promise you, uh, I promise you, we are going somewhere with this episode. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast dedicated entirely to the hospitality industry. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my group coaching programs to address and overcome the specific challenges we face in our industry. Curious to learn more? Set up a free 45-minute strategy session at restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. That call is with me. I can show you how simple it can be to run a profitable restaurant. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Thousands of restaurants across the country use Kickfin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip outs create the perfect opportunity for theft, and there's never enough cash on hand to pay out those tips. So managers are constantly having to make bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet Kickfin. Kickfin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365 days a year. Tipping out with Kickfin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And employees love it, so it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have Kickfin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds. No hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. 
Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with KickFin. Visit kickfin.com slash demo. As always, that link is in the show notes. So here we are in the New Jersey suburbs. And what do you do if you're seven years old in the suburbs? Well, you do like you've seen on uh, TV shows and cartoons. You uh, you open a lemonade stand. That's what my son was desperate to do. And he made me promise uh, that I would help him do it. And so we did it. Uh, and like I said in the, uh, the open, uh, I, I want you to don't go anywhere. Please stick around. I promise you uh, that this will all uh, amount to something. Uh, but I do. I want to share with you my experience of helping a seven-year-old open and run a profitable lemonade stand. And I promise you, uh, the things that he had to think about are the same things that you have to think about. The, the way I coached him was in a lot of ways the same way that I coach my clients all over the country working obviously with bigger budgets in much uh, bigger uh, bigger restaurants. But, but helping him open and run uh, a successful lemonade stand uh, took a lot of time for a, uh, for for us. For an adult, we're like, okay, yeah, you just you know, you pick out where you're gonna do it, and you make lemonade, and you open up, and you set up a table, and and people will buy it. Okay, fine. But for him, for a seven-year-old, these are things that he didn't even think of. These are things uh, that you don't think of. You just assume, okay, people will come. I'll serve them lemonade, right? Which is so much of the problem that restaurants all over the country have, right? Struggling restaurants, certainly, right? This field of dreams effect. If I build it, they will come. And I was trying to explain to my son uh, in a way that he would understand it because he doesn't know who Kevin Costner is and he doesn't know what field of dreams is. He certainly doesn't know about the voice whispering in somebody's ear, if you build it, they will come, right? What we know is that no, they, they won't. They won't necessarily come. So what I wanted him to think about were the questions that so many of us think about when we're, uh, when we're working in our own restaurants at a much larger, much, larger, uh, much larger scale, right? The who, the what, the where, the when, and the why, right? I needed him to think about those things so that he understood all that went into it, right? So the who. Who are we going to serve? Who was going to have lemonade? And where were they, right? Who was going to work the stand, right? Those were, those were key who's. What, meaning what were we going to serve, right? I talk about this all, this, uh, all the time when I talk about the ABCDs of marketing. A is for audience, right? Your audience, there's an audience out there that has a problem. B is for brand. Brand is the solution to that problem, right? So you look for a problem that you are uniquely qualified to solve. So who has a problem? That was the who. Who's going to work this stand, right? What are we going to serve them? Meaning who has a problem and, and what are we going to serve to help solve that problem, right? So we already knew it was going to be a lemonade stand, but what kind of lemonade? We'll get to that in uh, just a second. The where, right? Where were we going to put this lemonade stand? More to the point... If we know there are thirsty people on a hot day who would like some cold, refreshing lemonade, where might we find those people? And this was not as simple as you would think. And I'll explain that in just a second too, right? So the who, who are we trying to serve? What, what are we gonna try to serve them, right? Where, where are they? When, when would be the best time to reach that audience, right? That's, that's crucial too. And why, why us? Why would we go to the effort to create a lemonade stand because surely there are dozens of kids, maybe even hundreds of kids across the state of New Jersey uh, last Sunday when we did this that were going to be uh, opening lemonade stands. Why do we need to exist? 
Why would someone stop and get our lemonade as opposed to another person's lemonade, right? And there are all different ways we can answer that question, but understand the who, what, where, when, and why is exactly what you need to think about too. Again, like I talk about the ABCDs of marketing, right? A is for audience. Audience is your group of people that has a problem. What problem are you uniquely qualified to solve? B is brand. What 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 is the solution to that problem? Your brand, your your company, your product, your service, your experience, right? Your restaurant exists to solve a very specific problem for a very specific person or a very specific kind of person or a very specific group of people. Right? C is your competition, right? I, I asked him to think about where we should do it and when and why. Because we have to think about why. We think we're going to be successful. Where would we go and when would we go to be the most successful? But why do we think we're going to be successful? That comes down to differentiation, right? This idea of value proposition. Now, my son doesn't know what value proposition is. Maybe some of you guys don't know what that is, but it's a very uh, textbook academic term for uh, for what we do in marketing, which is uh, value proposition simply means why a consumer would choose this over that. Why would they come here instead of there? Why would they buy from us instead of one of our competitors? Differentiation is the key. Why would they pick us? We have to supply a reason. So I was telling my son this. I was saying, so we have to think about the who, what, where, when, and why. And we took out a piece of paper and we were sketching it out. And so the who, right? The who we decided are probably parents and kids so we wanted to sell to families because, and he came to this on his own, that we would sell more. Because if there was just one person walking by, we would just sell one glass. But maybe if it was a mom and a dad and two kids, we might be able to sell four glasses. That's pretty cool that he came to that all on his own. So, okay, where do families go on the weekend? Again, we were doing it on a Sunday. We had decided to do it on a Sunday afternoon. So where do families go in the afternoon? He said, probably the park or the playground. I said, okay, what park, what playground? We have to make sure there aren't other kids selling lemonade there, uh, number one. Number two, we have to make sure uh, that we're allowed to sell lemonade there. Do we need a permit from the township? Uh, and I was teaching him all about the, the legal ins and outs, so we had to make sure we were aware of that, which he didn't, uh, he didn't know, and I think he still doesn't really understand that. But who we wanted to target families. Families who are out at the playground or playing you know, in the park, playing soccer, that are getting hot and sweaty and probably really thirsty, right? Okay, well, where are they gonna be? They're probably gonna be in one of the parks or near one of the playgrounds. When will they be there? We, we wanted to get there and be there at the hottest point in the day. We decided to go from 11 to two. We actually only made it from 11 to one because we sold out, but we showed up at 11 thinking that's when the sun would be highest. It's when it would be hottest here in New Jersey. Boy, were we right. We were lucky we didn't drink all of our profits. So who are we trying to target? We knew that, right? What are we going to serve? We're going to serve lemonade. But what kind of lemonade? I asked him to stick a pin in that until we got further down the road, right? So where are we going to go? We're going to go to the park. When? We're going to go at the hottest point in the day, right? And why should people choose us? That's tethered into what we chose to sell them. And I asked him to think about this. I said, well, what if there are other kids selling lemonade there? Why would they pick us? And his first thing was, well, maybe we should come up with something cheaper. 
And I said, okay, that's one way to compete. That's one way to communicate uh, the answer to that question of why would they choose one or the other. And he said, well, maybe we would be uh, more convenient. Maybe we should be as close to the playground as possible. And I said, okay, well, what if the other people had the same idea and they came close? And what if they're already pretty cheap? What might we do? And he sat there and thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And uh, I will admit that I sort of planted this and I say, can we make a special kind of lemonade? And he said, yeah, we should make raspberry lemonade. Awesome. Now we know how to do this because we can mash up raspberries and mix them into the mix. So I said, should we do regular lemonade and raspberry lemonade in case some people don't like raspberry lemonade? And he said, and I swear to God, he goes, he goes, no, we should just do this and do it the best. Like we're the only place you can get raspberry lemonade. And he's like, because a lot of other places will sell reg regular lemonade, right? Like if there are other kids at the park, they'll probably have regular lemonade, but they probably won't have raspberry lemonade. And man, I was so proud because it's this idea that I always talk about, right? Who's your restaurant for? Everyone always says it's for everyone and it's not. We created a product that was not for everyone, right? If you don't like fla other flavors in your lemonade, if you just want a classic lemonade, well, that was not for you. We were selling something different, raspberry lemonade. What we were betting on was that we didn't have to sell too many glasses to be profitable. So we ended up selling about 50 glasses. It was almost 50 on the, on the nose. Um, we sold 50 glasses at a dollar a piece. We made 50 bucks that day, just in two hours, right? So we were assuming that there were probably people if they didn't want raspberry lemonade, that's fine. There are going to be enough people at the park at the hottest time in the day that would want it that we would probably sell out or at the very least be profitable. So I'm going to tell you about the execution in just a minute after a word from another one of our sponsors. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet, Pop Menu Max comes with the previous ingredients you've heard me mention on the podcast, websites designed with SEO, marketing tools to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, the patented interactive menu technology. This new recipe brings automated phone answering to the table, brings third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more. PopMenu's phone answering technology, for example, you heard it here uh, demoed on this show just a few weeks ago. That technology has your ringing phones covered, right? With the computer, it's artificial intelligence. The simple questions that usually keep your phone uh, tied up can now be handled by the computer without pulling a staff member away from your in-person hospitality. So no more missed calls, missed reservations, no more wasted time when people are asking for your hours, no more orders or missed revenue. That's just the beginning. You have a passion for food, Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month by visiting P -O -P 
menu.com slash restaurant strategy. That link is in the show notes. Okay, so we figured out the who, what, where, when, and why. It was my version of the ABCDs of marketing, even though the seven-year-old wouldn't have understood that. I was getting him to think about all of those things in the same way that I asked you guys to think all about these things. Okay, so we knew we were trying to go for families. We went and we chose a park nearby at the hottest point in the day. We put ourselves in between a big open field where we thought people would be playing Frisbee and soccer and throwing the, the football around. And then we were uh, sort of close to the the, uh, the playground so we could serve both audiences. We were afraid of there being competitors, of other people showing up to sell lemonade, so we decided to differentiate ourselves and only serve raspberry lemonade. We chose to sell big red solo cups, so big generous portions of lemonade. We sold them for a dollar a piece. And here's the best part. As I was getting my son to think about how we were going to do this, right? How we were going to uh, set up our lemonade stand, I got him thinking about profit. I got him thinking, I said, so how much money, <laughs> he was totally surprised by this, I said, how much money do you have to invest in this business? And he said, what do you mean invest? He never heard that word. So I said, you take some of your money, you spend it on your business so that you can make more money back. Right? And he said, well, I only have $22 in my wallet. He's been collecting this for like two years. I said, okay, would you be willing to invest $20? And he just looked at me and said, oh my gosh, that's almost everything I have. I said, if it's too much, it's okay. Um, I can go in. I can be an investor with you, uh, but then we'll split the profits. And he said, well, what's profit? It was great. He didn't understand what an investment is, and he didn't understand what profit is. And so I was explaining, and I said, let's say we invest $20 and we're selling a cup of lemonade for $1 a piece. How much, how many cups will we need to sell in order to make our $20 back? He said, that's easy, we just need to sell 20. I said, great. So now anything we sell over the 20 is what we call profit. That means it's extra. So if you wanna put in $10 and I'll put in $10, then we can be partners and then whatever we make, right? We If we make our $20 back, you get your $10 back, I get my $10 back, and then anything above that we would split. Since we're both gonna work the stand together, we should both split the profits, right? And he said, okay. He said, but if I don't, if I do it all myself, if I put all $20 in, then I get to keep all the profits? And I said, you're absolutely right. That's right. And he said, okay. I want to invest all 20 of my dollars. Now, we did briefly talk about who was going to work the stand and how we might pay those people, and I think that lesson was uh, lost on him, so we took labor <laughs> out of the equation. Uh, Daddy was generous enough to donate his time to be there with him, uh, and he was there, uh, and he was there as well, doing most of the selling, I will say. Daddy did a bunch of the pouring uh, because um, because some of these pitchers were, uh, were pretty full. Um, and we didn't want to spill all of our profits. But Daddy was there donating his time, super nice of him, uh, to teach his son a really important business lesson. So again, we knew who we were serving, we knew where we were going to go, when we were going to go. We knew that we wanted to differentiate ourselves from a potential competitor, so we decided to make raspberry lemonade. We took his $20 and we took it to the supermarket and we bought a bunch of lemons, we bought a bunch of raspberries, and I said we had sugar at home that we would just use that sugar. 
which probably wasn't great for the lesson. Probably should have made him spend his money on sugar as well so he could understand how much it costs. Uh, but we set that aside. It was enough for him to uh, learn how much lemons cost and how much raspberries cost. And so we went home with the help of Mommy, who's a really good uh, old bartender mixologist. She helped us make the uh, the sugar mix and, and the lemon and, and the raspberries and all of that. And we made our batch, right? And we figured out how much uh, how much liquid was in there. What we realized is that to make them go a little bit further, we'll have to put a lot of ice in the glass. Because if more ice is in the glass, then less product is in the glass. And ice is basically free because water just freezes and it's basically free. So I was teaching him a really important lesson also about portioning, right? That we didn't want to you know, pour huge heaping glasses. So we got the big red Solo cups. We filled them all the way to the top with ice. And then we poured the lemonade. The beauty part is that it made it really cold and refreshing. The beauty part on our side is that it allowed us to uh, to have a better cost, right? It, it was able to, uh, to to stretch our product further. So here he was learning about cost of goods sold. And over the course of the day, he was learning about profit. Now, in between, he also learned about salesmanship, which was really cool to see. Because I told him, I said, people are going to ask how much it is. And $1 might seem a bit expensive. And so you have to explain why it's expensive. And he said, well, it's really good. And I said, that's, oh, that's one point. I said, make sure they know too, it's homemade. It's our secret family recipe. We made it from scratch today. We just went and bought the lemons and the raspberries and we just made it this morning, first thing this morning. And so it's fresh. So it's fresh, it's homemade. It's a secret recipe and it's cold and it's delicious, right? I said, if you do all those, those are all reasons why someone might buy from you. Now, uh, why they really bought from him is he's a really cute kid, uh, you know, speaking really eloquently or as eloquently as he can about why his lemonade is uh, is worth a dollar. Um, but it was really cool to see. Again, over the course of the day, we sold 50, uh, 50 cups. 50 cups full of, uh, we had about 50 portions. And so he made back his $20 and he made uh, an extra $30, which uh, I got to tell you, anybody out here uh, knows that's a pretty good return on investment. And I was explaining to him. So now he's, uh, now he has $50. Now, he returned $20 to his wallet. He put another $10 in and we took the rest and put it in his bank account because we talked to him about having a cash reserve, uh, which is always important, right? Not just blowing all of our profits on on uh, some new toy, right? Whether that's a toy at the toy store or a car or a new golf club or a fancy meal, right? He was able to keep some of it for himself and then the rest of it gets saved for a rainy day. Maybe I was explaining him uh, to him to invest uh, for a future business. Because then he got the idea, so we can do this again, but we should spend $40. I should invest $40. We can get that much more lemonade because we actually sold out earlier than we thought we were going to. And I bet you we could have made even more. So instead of making $50 in revenue, uh, we could have made $100 in revenue. Yes, he learned the word revenue. Yes, he learned about real costs. Yes, he learned about profits. What we do in the restaurant industry is not that different from what my son did at the park last Sunday trying to sell lemonade. It is easier than we think. We gotta make sure it works on paper, right? So we have to know the who, what, where, when, and why. We have to differentiate ourselves. We gotta make sure the numbers all work out in our favor, 
right? I didn't know he was going to make $50. I thought maybe he'd uh, make his investment back in another 10 or maybe $20. I didn't think he was going to make an additional $30. I was thrilled. I'm only too happy to do it again. But already, he's thinking about how do we invest more? How can we make this a bigger deal, right? And here's the beauty part of it. We didn't make any signs or anything. He was just sitting at the table, put a tablecloth over it so it looked nice. Um, but then he just had the cups and the uh, and the pitchers. That was it. That's everything. And we had a little cooler that had, that had the ice cubes in there so we could put the ice cubes in there fresh. But that was it. So, and then he was thinking about like, oh, well, we can make signs next time. Or what, is there a better place? Is there a better park than where we went? Or is there a better time? Or can we just get more product? Already he was thinking about how to do better the next time. And without even having to tell him, right, what he was really doing was a post-mortem. He was analyzing the results of his efforts, right? He was saying what worked, what didn't work, what could we do better, right? So it was a success, and that makes it uh, that makes it a, as a good experience for him. But already he's thinking about how we can make it better. And I had him write down some of the ideas we had for how we might make it better. I said because uh, maybe next time we do it, we'll forget, and so let's write it down so that we remember. And so he thought that was a good idea, and he wrote it down. Listen, you've got to figure out the who, what, where, when, and why. What we all often talk about on this show is the ABCDs of marketing. You need to have a path to profitability. You have to understand the cost of your, uh, of your goods, right? Cost of goods sold, COGS. You have to know what you're investing and what you can realistically expect to make back. Again, my didn't make my son have to worry about labor costs. Unfortunately, in the restaurant industry, we do have to worry about labor costs. We have to worry about all the costs. Uh, my son had limited costs to focus on because for this first lesson out of the gate, this first lesson in business as a seven-year-old, I wanted to keep things a little bit simpler. But the idea is the same. you got to think of how you can separate yourself, how you could stand out in a busy uh, in a busy marketplace. It's the same lesson whether you're selling lemonade in the, uh, the little neighborhood park or trying to build a business that will grow and support you and your family. Listen, I appreciate you listening to me talk about my uh, my son's lemonade stand. appreciate you being here. Big thanks to all the sponsors. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching programs, go schedule a free 45-minute strategy session. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. I will see you guys next time.